Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of our Professional Perspectives series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Trisha Batra. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they're doing in their communities. We recently launched our Professional Perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Trisha is a robotic process automation analyst and the founder and CEO of South Asian Productions. She graduated as a student athlete on the college dance team for the University of California, Riverside and majored in business administration with a concentration in information technology. During university, she won title of Miss California Earth United States and was able to participate in multiple modeling projects. In her spare time, you can find Trisha taking dance class, doing a photo shoot, or on a coffee date talking about brand or digital marketing strategies. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. Trisha, I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. I've actually been following South Asian productions for a while now and definitely see it as a safe space for South Asian artists um, and the community as a whole. So I'm ready to begin when you are. Yeah, no, go for it. Thank you for that introduction. That was really nice. <laughs> so why don't we just start off by telling our audience how you work as a robotics process automation analyst um, and how that led you to be an entrepreneur and the founder of South Asian productions. Yeah, absolutely. So in university, I knew I really wanted to major in business. Um, I was very intrigued by entrepreneurship. And I even had like a wall of all of these like amazing like politicians, um, entrepreneurs, um, social activists, just people that I looked up to and people that I aspired to be. So I knew business was something that I was interested in. Now with information technology, both my parents were engineers. Um, so I was very exposed to the tech world and I thought it was an amazing environment um, to think of new ideas um, and to just be around um, a cutting edge industry was just really cool. Um, and my senior year, I was all for um, doing something in tech. So robotic process automation analyst was a, a random job I found on LinkedIn and I was like, that sounds really cool. I'm going to go for it. Um, but while doing my job, um, of course, it was entry level. I had just graduated from college um, and there was a lot I needed to learn. However, I wanted to take more ownership and I wanted to start something um, that made me extremely happy and um, I could be a part of something, again, that's bigger than myself. Um, and in my senior year, I had a group of friends who were creatives or artists. Um, and we were all, you know, just talking about what we wanted to do after we graduated college, um, you know, what career to pursue. And a lot of my really good friends um, were talking about leaving their passions, whether it was in dance or singing or art, et cetera. Um, and they wanted to focus on their nine to five or their full-time career in law and medicine or in tech. And that really kind of sparked this energy in me <laughs> that I didn't want those people to quit on something that they were naturally good at. And yeah. I wanted to create a community where people can come together, create art, 
um, or um, just collab with each other to create projects and have a platform uh, for that community to showcase that art or even um, just have a community where others can meet others that are, you know, like each other um, and to kind of build these friendships and bonds. So that's how I, you know, got into starting South Asian Productions and how I found my job as a robotic process automation analyst. Wow, that's that's amazing. I'm I'm a dancer myself, actually, and that has been a struggle um, that I've encountered. And I know a lot of my dance peers have as well. It's just the balance between, you know, doing a passion that you really love, um, whether it's dance, art, music, and balancing it with school and work. And a lot of people will kind of look at us and be like, how can you spend like four hours a day at the dance studio? Like, don't you have work that you want to get ahead of? and things like that. But really creating, um, again, that safe space to allow all artists to kind of be themselves is, is definitely amazing. So um, that kind of brings me to the next question about the purpose of South Asian Productions. You touched on it a little bit, but was there any moment that you realized that highlighting creatives was really important and kind of your drive to South Asian Productions? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I started South Asian Productions, I started doing coffee chats all over the U.S. and Canada, where South Asian creatives, content creators, artists, etc., would come together and talk about their struggles being in that space. And, you know, hearing where they were coming from, hearing their goals, hearing what they wanted to achieve, etc., made me feel that a community like this was needed, um, and it's never been done before. So we saw you know, a bunch of communities, especially on social media that are surrounded on um, activism and social justice. And I love that. And I think that's what exactly why I love um, communities like Brown Girl Mag. Um, they've done such a great job in kind of educating um, everyone in the South Asian community and, you know, um, having a call to action on just learning about the different causes um, that is happening currently. Um, but I wanted something that was very specific to the creative community um, because it's a non-traditional path um, where South Asians don't feel comfortable pursuing. So I think just hearing those conversations really inspired me um, to take action and to create South Asian production. Definitely. And kind of touching upon the non-traditional path, actually, there definitely is a stigma in the South Asian community um, about art as a career and just about pursuing maybe an art, even an art degree as your full-time job, let alone a side job. Um, but just as a whole, you know, I think man, many South Asian communities are discouraged to, to go full-time into a creative path. So how do you find South Asian creatives and how have you dealt with the stigma while trying to uplift others? So after doing coffee chats um, from different creatives, I decided to talk to college students because um, I felt college students are in a place where they're picking a major that, you know, they're trying to get a job after they graduate. Um, but they're also individuals that are involved with many different things um, like yourself, like you're a dancer, right? Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk to them and hear their perspective on, you know, what they wanted to be when they graduated college or what they wanted to pursue and what conversations I would hear would be like, oh, I want, you know, I would love to be a dancer. 
um, or a choreographer and be able to create amazing projects. Um, however, I'm pursuing bio because um, I want to make sure that um, I'm, you know, have a stable job. And if that means giving up my passion for dance, like that's okay, because I know I'll be stable. However, to produce content and to be able to be an artist, many artists and creatives have side hustles or side jobs that are able to support them in pursuing their passion. So after talking to these college students um, and setting up South Asian Productions College Ambassador Program, um, I realized that everyone's mindset started to change and people were focusing on what they truly loved. Um, and that was the creative side of things. And that kind of, you know, made me realize and, um, you know, actually create even more support groups through South Asian Productions College Ambassador Program that we have an opportunity or most of the people um, that I've talked to were first gen. Um, that we have an opportunity to pursue what we actually want to pursue. Our parents have sacrificed so much. So we would actually be doing them a disservice if we didn't take the privilege into doing what we want to do. So having like seeing a creative pursue as, you know, their main thing of something that they love and that they want to pursue and finding something that will or support that passion was a way for me to kind of inspire others to, you know, look at a creative career as something that they can do full time and be stable in. That's actually a really interesting perspective. It's kind of like the roles are reversed, whereas usually people think of it as like your art career is a side hustle, um, like you're mentioning to support something that was more financially, I guess, well off in some people's eyes. But I love the perspective that you've kind of created and influenced others and where your passion should be the thing that supports you the most because you're doing what you love every day and everything else are side hustles to be able to support what you love doing. Um, that's not a perspective that we hear very often, uh, mm -hmm. especially in the South Asian community and definitely not one that I was exposed to. So I'm glad we're having this conversation today. Um, just in terms of you know diversity in the workforce being South Asian, how has your personal experience been? And on that note, how can others be included into the South Asian production movement? Absolutely. So um, I think speaking from a woman of color in tech, it's, you know, it's definitely getting better. Um, I took an initiative in um, the company that I work for to be the leader of the diversity and inclusion task force within my division. Um, and that's opened a lot of conversations about the gender gap in tech, um, you know, the opportunities that minorities get, um, our unconscious biases versus, you know, things that we've grown up with that we're unable to detect as, um, you know, something that could be offensive and kind of creating a model um, or a diversity and inclusion model that would be acceptable and, you know, um, that other employees can follow so we can promote a better work culture. Um, I've definitely seen improvement from that side, but I think, you know, being taken seriously as someone who wants to further their career um, is definitely difficult. And that's definitely something that I've experienced where I've definitely seen my male counterparts um, um, are more ready to take bigger projects. Um, however, I think 
it is a place where you know you're paving the way of so many girls who are interested in technology um, to follow and to also pursue um, a career in a very male-dominated industry so having that purpose and having that mindset is something that always drives me to you know create a place for me um, within this industry so there are improvements but it can get better um, and then regarding South Asian productions and how people can be involved with the movement, um, we have two main programs. One is the College Ambassador Program, um, which is an amazing program for you know, South Asian creatives who are students who want to um, you know, start a campus club or events that they put on their campus. Um, so we have a couple of universities um, that have done um, kind of these workshops or dance workshops um, and then yeah. they wrote about it um, and then we just posted that on our website and kind of created a college profile for everyone. Um, and then a second thing is our blog, which we recently started a couple months ago. Um, but it's mostly for individuals who have graduated college and who love writing or want to pursue a career in writing or even content strategy. Um, so we have 30 plus content strategists slash writers that write for the South Asian community from lifestyle, beauty, fashion, dance, um, music, etc. And it's been an amazing journey kind of building these programs, but these are the main two of how people can be involved with the movement of SAP. That's awesome. I actually read the blog and included it in one of my research papers because I did a research paper on how South Asian Bollywood fusion dancers mingle with the community around them, especially um, since I went to a predominantly Caucasian school, how I was mm -hmm. affected as a South Asian not only South Asian, but South Asian dancer. Um, and so I definitely read the blog. I loved pieces of it. Um, and super excited to see where that grows. Um, but speaking on kind of industries as a whole, I know we touched upon tech and how South Asians and women in tech are growing, but there's still a lot of work needed to be done there. Um, you mentioned that you participated in a few modeling projects as well as the dance team in college. Have you ever encountered discrimination in those fields and during your experiences there? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I don't know where to start with that, but um, so I was 17 when I got into pageantry um, and I won a title called Miss Teen India America. That was in 2014. And it was, I saw from, the Asian standards of beauty back then, um, how people were promoting fair skin, um, you know, stick skinny bodies, um, which definitely affected my mental health after um, to try to strive for that perfection. Um, and then in 2017, uh, when I did more of the American pageantry, um, I saw, you know, judges or individuals that were preferring Eurocentric ideals. Um, again, but from a point of, oh, are your features, do they look like this? Um, right. Does your body look like this? Um, and, you know, pageantry is definitely a place um, where I enjoy um, just because I'm surrounded with such ambitious girls that want to achieve everything. Um, and 
that's what I definitely enjoyed about it. But I think the modeling industry is very subjective. Um, and it's a constant chase of, you know, women and men trying to achieve this perfection um, that they're unable to achieve. Um, and so I think there's, you know, there's definitely a balance between, you know, loving yourself and trying to fit a standard of beauty that, you know, is impossible to reach. So from a discrimination standpoint, I think, you know, definitely um, like talking about beauty in general, I also went to an all Caucasian school um, and I was not the standard of beauty back then. Um, and then seeing that naturally change over the years has been um, really eye-opening um, to see that, you know, the next generation or Gen Z is, you know, appreciating all, all beauty from all sorts of um, ethnicities and races. But I think in the modeling industry, it's just very standard right now. Um, yes, we've expanded into industries like commercial modeling and plus size modeling, um, but there's just so much to talk about discrimination within those communities. Um, I could go on and on about this topic, but I think if anyone's interested in being in these places and being just in the entertainment industry or in the modeling industry, um, just be the change, be the change that, you know, as a model, you don't have to, you know, fit into this mold that the industry is wanting you to be. You can be your own person. So that's my advice. That we are seeing it more now where, you know, body positivity movement is coming out. You have more freelance models who are really trying to just showcase who they are, maybe even add potentially pieces of their culture. Um, so it's not just kind of what these modeling agencies are expecting from you, um, which is great. But again, a lot, a lot of work left to be done there. But I love seeing South Asian models because I just think they're not enough of them. Um, and I love seeing kind of more color on the screen and, and more cultures showcased and more body sizes and body types all around. So definitely a great place to invest some time, interest and passion into. And that brings us to our last question for today. Um, kind of just as social media and digital productions as a whole, but obviously social media platforms can be a little bit tricky especially with anonymity. And I know I was talking to you about this before, but my first episode on the What Cause Inspires You was about cyberbullying because I've personally been cyberbullied across multiple of my social media platforms and it's not a pleasant experience. So I was just wondering if you've ever dealt with cyberbullying on your personal account or even your South Asian Productions account and what can be done to combat this injustice? Absolutely. I think... You know, there's a difference between holding people accountable and cancel culture. Um, and I was actually just having a conversation about this with a couple of my girlfriends on how individuals will create videos about other people saying that we need to hold these people accountable. Um, of course, guys, like don't spread any hate. Like that's not what we want to do. Um, but we wanna hold them accountable. And they'll keep stressing in that video, but those videos are actually extremely harmful because at the end of the day, they don't lead to any change or any action. They're just causing more cyberbullying to those individuals, right? Um, so in terms of cyberbullying, yes, I face cyberbullying 
I, I would say like almost every day um, on my personal and my um, South Asian Productions account. I think it's, you know, in the beginning, I was extremely hurt by it. Um, I couldn't even make a Twitter because of all the drama that happens on Twitter with subtweeting. Yep. Um, and I started to have extreme social anxiety. I couldn't talk to people because I would just assume that they didn't like me. Um, and the way that I've combated this whole thing um, is that I realized that those people that are either subtweeting about you or talking bad about you or, you know, spreading information about you are not working towards bettering themselves because if you were truly, um, you know, an entrepreneur, if you were truly a creative or a content creator, et cetera, you wouldn't have time um, to be involved with drama. Um, you'd be so focused on, you know, improving yourself that you wouldn't even have time to spread hate on others. Um, so having that mindset has helped me so much because whenever I get a mean comment or a DM, um, or even like a wave of comments and DMs that aren't the nicest. Um, in, the myth, in just a moment, yes, I feel extremely bad, um, but I have my support system and I have that mindset that would I do this to someone else? Do I have time to do this to someone else? No, okay. Um, then why am I putting so much effort into paying attention to those comments um, and letting it affect me when in actuality you should feel sorry for those people. Um, so this is just like um, a random kind of <laughs> way of answering this question, but if I could just sum it up really quick, um, how to handle those comments is, you know, I know it's really hard to say just ignore them, um, but to just realize that, you know, getting hate is not a bad thing. Getting hate could also be a good thing um, because you are so focused on your life and you're so focused on achieving your goals that people are jealous of that. Um, a second thing is having an amazing support system um, at home, whether it's family and friends who know your true character um, and know, you know you just as a person that they can uplift you and tell you that these comments are not about you. Um, and I think a third thing of how to, you know, handle social media and cyberbullying is to distance yourself from it. Um, so personally for me, I just post and I leave on my social media. Um, I don't look at my personal or South Asian productions personal accounts. Um, I just focus on looking at other things because, you know, we are living in such a toxic you know, social media culture that I don't want to um, film my day with so much negative energy. So yes, creating a balance. So those are my three things on how to handle cyberbullying. Um, and I hope that helps others. Um, I know it'll help others because that definitely helps me even you just saying it right now. Um, and it's a perfect way to start off the new year because I can definitely make those my resolutions. Um, I am currently and have been going through, you know, kind of that social anxiety, thinking that those comments reflect on everybody's perspective of me, when in reality, something that my mom loves to say to me is, don't let one person's attitude towards you affect your own mindset about yourself. 
And so what people think of you isn't always who you are, um, isn't who you are. It's, it's just what they're trying to bring you down to. And so rise above that. Um, and that's something that I think everyone on social media can work towards because there are, there are harmful content out there. There is toxicity. Um, and as we go into the digital era, I think we all need to also take, take a step back and, you know, post and leave it. I love that. Um, post and just let it, let it be out there, but post because you want to and you're trying to do something for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and just to like add to all of this, uh, don't be afraid of, you know, doing projects um, and, you know, seizing opportunities because you're afraid of cancel culture and of cyberbullying um, because that's just holding you back from achieving your full potential. So start whatever you want to start um, and, you know, hate will come and go. Um, but just remember that, you know, you started this project or you started, you know, whatever content creating, et cetera, um, because you love doing it um, and you wanted to be a part of something that, again, is bigger than yourself and that you wanted to make an impact in some way. So, you know, just having that mindset and keeping or remembering your purpose in all of this um, has really helped as well. That's a great note to end on. Thank you so much, Trisha. This was yeah. a really good conversation and a lot I could definitely relate to. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and I can't wait to see your podcast grow even more. <laughs> thank you so much. You can contact Trisha on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Trisha Batra. And be sure to follow our Instagram and Facebook pages to stay updated on all of our scholarship opportunities, future podcasts, and events. Um, our Instagram and Facebook accounts are at humanity.rising and at what cause inspires you. And you can sign up for our weekly email newsletter at www.humanityrising.org. That's all we have for today, but be sure to look out for more episodes on professional perspectives and what cause inspires you. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.